Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the November 5th edition of Speedway Digest, Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This is episode 195 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Michael Mullally Capallo and myself will be recapping the past couple of weeks of racing, previewing upcoming action, and discussing whatever other topics pop into the conversation. Our first guest this evening is John Dodson of the NASCAR Technical Institute. John Dodson, brother of the late crew chief Barry Dodson, who helped lead Rusty Wallace to his lone NASCAR Cup Series championship in 1989, serves as the president of Business Alliances at NASCAR Technical Institute. While Brother Barry said on the pit box, John was a tire changer and a fabricator on the title-winning team. John Dodson used his 25 years of NASCAR competition experience from 1977 to 2002 to transition to his helping to helping his younger generations learn how to be successful in the industry. He has been with NASCAR Tech since the school's inception in 2002. Admittedly, Dodson said he has received more joy from assisting students to achieve their dream careers than when he was living the NASCAR dream for himself. When it comes to teaching students how to succeed in the challenging industry, Dodson reflected on his younger years when he earned, earned his first job, noting that it took six years before he went on the team even asked for his opinion. We are now pleased to welcome John Dodson to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? Pretty well, thank you. First off, here's a little bit of background on NASCAR Technical Institute and how how it got started. Well, thank you for having me on this evening. Um, uh, Universal Technical Institute or NASCAR Technical Institute is one school of the 12 schools that Universal Technical Institute has. Uh, UTI, as we refer to it, is the nation's leading. Uh, we lead the nation in training high-skilled technicians who keep America running. Uh, we've been in business since 1965. We have 220,000 graduates out in the transportation industry. Uh, as I said, we have 12 campuses nationwide uh, with technical training in automotive, uh, motorsports, diesel, motorcycle, marine, welding, and now we have CNC machining training at the NASCAR Technical Institute. We offer a high-value education, uh, especially for the investment that you put into it, and currently, 86% of our UTI graduates get a job in the industry. So tell me a college across America that can boast that. Uh, the NASCAR Technical Institute is located here in Mooresville, North Carolina, Race City, USA. Um, it is We are the exclusive uh, educational partner of NASCAR and the only campus in the country that offers a NASCAR-endorsed training. Uh, our elective, our NASCAR elective here at this campus, uh, the students learn engines, or NASCAR engines, fabricating, welding, aerodynamics, and uh, we even have a pit crew training program. 
But it's also a typical UTI location where if you don't want to take the motorsports program, you can come to the NASCAR Tech Campus for the UTI training that gets you into the uh, automotive industry where our partners are Ford, uh, BMW, GM, Toyota, Nissan, uh, Mopar, and on and on, about 34 manufacturers. Hmm. About how many graduates of NASCAR Tech are currently working in, in the NASCAR garage area and that sort of thing? Well, we have, uh, you know, I like to say that that, uh, that we win every Sunday. Uh, since we've been putting graduates out in, in 2002, uh, we opened the doors at NASCAR Tech, and we've got graduates out since uh, probably 2000, middle of 2003, and it started with uh, Roush Yates. When, when Robert Yates had his racing team, he took a chance with the first graduate and now we have hundreds of graduates in the industry. So we have graduates on every single team in all of NASCAR's top three series, from the truck series to the Xfinity series in the cup series. So we win every week. Every week there's a NASCAR tech graduate in Victory Lane or back at the shop doing all the other uh, jobs that might not go on the road. Uh, so in a good, good example of that is, is this weekend uh, with Team Penske in two cars, um, uh, going for the championship, we have got uh, Team Penske's hired 60 graduates from us. Uh, the gas man on Brad Keselowski, tire changers for Joey Logano, they're out there in Phoenix going to win that championship. And then to go a little bit deeper, Roush uh engines right up the street and Roush Yates machining technology, uh, they've hired over 110 graduates from us. So every Ford out there, Every Ford engine in NASCAR Cup racing, uh, UTI graduates have had their hands on producing those engines. Cool. Can you give us a little bit more information on the NASCAR Tech training program? Yeah. Um, you know, as you said, I, I raced my whole life from a teenager to uh, uh, 2002 and winning, winning the championship. So you might say NASCAR is my family, my extended family. So I know what they need. Um, so, you know, when, when we decided to open the NASCAR Technical Institute, I was the, the lucky one who got the call to come in and, and develop the NASCAR program. Of course, it's, uh, as I said, the, the fabricating, the engines, aerodynamics. I spent a lot of time in the wind tunnel. And uh, we developed a really neat program. Uh, I encourage anyone to come out for a tour when we get through some of this COVID mess. But, um uh, the program is, is we kind of say, in the building business, from tree to key. Um, you can't just come for the automotive, pro- I mean, the NASCAR electives. you got to take the automotive program because not everyone uh, might choose to get into the industry. But before you can work on a, a 900-horsepower engine, uh, FR9 engine from Roush Yates, that we have 20 of those in our program, to build, you need to know what it's like to build a regular 350 Chevrolet, you know, engine in our in our automotive program. So once you go through the automotive program, you can take the NASCAR, and then it really gets into high performance. We have engine dynos just like the race teams have. We got chassis dynos like they have. It looks like a race shop, except we don't load up the race cars and go to the track. We have Kyle Busch's Toyota in there. We have Joy Logano's. Penske Ford in there and one of Kyle Busch's trucks in there and you know it's the real deal um, and and then um, we have the teams that are counting on us to, to provide the workforce to them they know what we teach they're part of our advisory council so 
we're constantly having to change as, as you know, racing's changed a lot since 2003, and we've been right there with it every step of the way. So it's a great program, and, uh, you know, I'm proud to have my hands on it in just a small way. And how many different career paths are there for students interested in working in motorsports? Oh, man, there, there's a ton. Uh, you know, I was a fabricator and a body hanger and, uh, you know, worked on the English wheel when we were shaping the fenders. Uh, so in motorsports, and we have to touch all, on all of it, you know, a lot of guys really like the engines. So we have guys in engines room that, in the engines room at, at Roush Yates. We have guys in the engines at uh, Hendrick Motorsports, uh, Toyota Development, you name it, Earnhardt Racing uh, Childress Engines. We have uh, graduates over there. Uh, so you can go in the engine side. You can become a tuner if you want to go out to the racetrack and, be, and tune those engines and travel. Of course, there's the pit crew side and every aspect of that, tire changer, gas man, you know, uh, jack man. Uh, we've got them all doing that. And then, of course, there's the fabrication side. If you want to be the fabricator, you might be a welder. You might be a body hanger. And then there's aerodynamics, so we, we work with that as well. I spent a lot of time in the wind tunnel in my career. Uh, that, it, that interests me a lot. And, and what generally happens is when students come and they get to taking, you know, the different parts of the program, they kind of find their niche, and they, they're like, you know, I really like fabricating. I think I want to. I want to concentrate on welding and, and, and templates and bodies. And, and then some of them say I kind of like a, a building a chassis. I like bending roll bar tubing and things like that. So, it's def- there's a lot of, of options if you want to stay in motorsports. The other thing is, we have a lot of students that want to come to the school. They want to take our automotive program like, and, it, and then our, our aftermarket program like Ford or Mopar or Nissan. We offer all of those at NASCAR Tech. And they want to go get a good job in a dealership, but they would like to race in the, in the grassroots on Saturday night, you know, at Bowman Gray mm-hmm. Stadium or, 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 you know, any of the small racetracks here in the Carolinas. So they get to do what they want to do. They get to build and drive their own car, and now they know how to do that yet they can make a fine living and not have to travel or be on the road, uh, you know, on a, on a major race team. So you, you, you kind of cover all of motorsports, and, and we, we cover all the gamut of that. You know, there's, I've seen it all. I've seen them go in every, every direction you can imagine. Awesome. Well, let me go ahead and throw you out to my co-host, Michael Mullally-Capallo in Afraid of Washington, who has some questions for you as well. Thank you. Okay, my first question for you this evening, how, sorry, are scholarships available for the students of the Institute? They absolutely are. Uh, we sponsor several uh, entities for scholarships, uh, Skills USA. Uh, uh, there, are, there are all kinds of scholarships. You can go to our website, and you can learn a lot about that, but we give away uh uh, I, I don't want to say, well, I would just say a lot each year in scholarships. And then there's so many scholarships that you can get and apply for, you know, just out in the market for your education. Um, we also have a lot of military uh, uh, people who come to our school who have who are using their GI Bill to come to our school, um, you know, after their career in the military. They might be older with families, but there are certainly a lot of opportunities, and you can check out our website at uti.edu for more of that information. Trade school apart from the others. 
Well, I think it's our relationships that set us apart the most. You know, <clears throat> when you look at Universal Technical Institute and you go to that website and you see 30 to 35 manufacturers that support us and depend on our graduates. And, and this, this, we're talking about Porsche, BMW, Ford Motor Company, huge partner of ours, um, um, Mopar, Nissan, all of these, you know, name it. If, if a car you're driving out there, we just about have an association with every one of those manufacturers. And then in business alliances, you'll also see this on our website. You'll see all of the partners that support our programs there. Um, Penzl is our major oil supplier. Interstate Batteries uh, supplies all the batteries for our, our students. Um, uh, Worth, um, Lincoln Electric goes on and on. So we have 35 partners there as well. So it's our relationships with the industry and, and what sets us apart is that 86% of our students are getting a job in what they want to do once they come to our school. So we have that connection. We help them with their resume. We help them with their interview. We connect them to the industry uh, so they can get that job. So I think that, that really sets us apart. I know, it, I know that's the big, the big thing is, is our relationships. And what are the requirements for attending UTI? Well, you simply have to have a high school diploma or a GED or equal to, and you can come. I know we've had students that are 16 and 17 years old that finished high school early and have attended, so they came in a little bit younger. So basically a high school diploma or GED and then uh, just general aptitude, and then, um, you know, we'd love to have you at the school. And the good thing is we have schools all over the country. So whether you're here in North Carolina, if you're in Orlando, if you're near Chicago, Illinois, in Dallas, Texas, or Houston, Rancho Cucamonga, California, Avondale, which is Phoenix, Arizona, we have campuses all over the country that you can attend. New Jersey, we just have our new campus in New Jersey. So um, um, it basically in the high metropolitan areas, we have a UTI school. And my final question for you this evening, would you consider UTI a great first step for someone looking to pursue a career in motorsports? Oh, I absolutely will. I, we have, we have, I have motorsports associates on different race teams who have actually sent their child to our school. They live here close by, and, you know, they could have probably got their, their young son or daughter a job in the race team, but they wanted them to learn it from the ground up, and that's what you get when you come to NASCAR Tech. Not only do you get that, you get the connection to the industry. So I encourage students want to come into the school. Uh, I, I like what Roger Penske quotes. Effort equals results. If you come in here and you pay attention and you grind and you really show it's in your heart and make good grades and make great attendance, which is one of the most important things, then anything can happen for you. I have seen it over and over again, the success stories that I could sit here and tell. So I love it. I enjoy, I really enjoy seeing, uh, you know, a student come in that's new, that really grinds it out. And, and see how they and their family react when they get a call for an interview at Roush Yates and, or, or, you know, or Team Penske or Hendrick Motorsports who are running for the championships this year. It's just very re rewarding. And now that I've been here for 18 years, 
I now have those graduates that graduated years ago and are calling me to hire our new graduates. So we've come full circle, and it's, it's really rewarding to know that those graduates now have homes here, families, children, and they're still relying on NASCAR Tech. Awesome. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. And uh, if our if our uh, audience is interested in more information, what's the website again? It is uti.edu. That's Universal Technical Institute. uti.edu. And um, it, if you want to, it'll take you to any of our schools, including the NASCAR Tech School, from that website. And I appreciate very much being on the show. Thanks again, and have a great night. You as well. Once again, that was John Dodson. We'd like to thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. He's been he's been wanting to come on for a, for a little while, and we've we've had some some scheduling, so it's great to have him on this evening. And hopefully, his uh, his school does really well. It sounds like it's a an awesome opportunity for people, especially interested in NASCAR, but as well as in in grassroots motorsports. A week ago, Mother Nature. Had- Dillon in the NASCAR Cup Series captive at Texas Mars Speedway with unrelenting inclement weather pushing the race to Wednesday. Dillon's wife, Haley, was 38 weeks pregnant as her husband sat alone over 1,000 miles away, struggling to stay dry at the 1.5-mile racetrack. Mrs. Dillon began going into labor late in Wednesday's rain-delayed Auto Trader Eco Park Automato 500. Dillon would receive the news only off after crossing the finish line in the Lone Star State when crew chief Matt Borland ordered him to call her. He quickly excited his number 13 Geico exited, sorry, exited his number 13 Geico Camaro ZL1 and sprinted through the garage in full uniform and made his way to the airport where Jimmy Johnson was sitting on his airplane waiting to give Dillon a ride to the Queen City. Dillon landed safely in Charlotte and arrived at the hospital in time to be with Haley for their son's arrival. Captain Reed Dillon arrived on the, in the world on Thursday, October 29th at 2.30 a.m. Eastern Time and was welcomed home by his big sister, Oakley. Ty and Haley announced their son's arrival to the world on Sunday prior to the Xfinity 500. Dillon was glowing with pride as he arrived at Martinsville Speedway and the father of two turned in a solid day after spending his afternoon beating and banging on that on the flat half-mile racetrack. With just two races remaining on the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series calendar, Jermaine Racing looked to continue their strong finish to the season. It was Halloween weekend, so it was appropriate that Dylan would feature Geico Ween on his number 13 Chevrolet Camaro. Dylan rolled off off the starting grid from the 25th position. Green flag gave way to 263 miles of racing at the Paperclip Street facility on Sunday afternoon. Positing car that featured stirrup savings on lower rear, rear quarter panels, Dylan looked to stir up the action on the track as he began gaining speed and navigating through the field. He was posting lap times quicker than the leader, and his strategy ferried up and down pit road. The number 13 Geico in Camaro was in fourth position on lap 140 of a scheduled 500. Dylan and his Geico Ween Camaro were strong, and they resided inside the top 20 for nearly the entire race with the bulk of that time being spent in the top 15. Crew Chief Matt Borland made good strategy calls while the Jermaine Racing pit crew kept Dylan in the contention throughout the 500-lap event. Dylan crossed the finish line in the 16th position just ahead of Kevin Harvick and Ryan Newman and collected Jermaine, Jermaine Racing's 14th 20 results of the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series season. Just a single race remaining in the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series season. Jermaine Racing will load up the number 13 Geico Camaro for the final time and head west to Avondale, Arizona. 
Ty Dillon and the number 13, Geico Camaro ZL11LE, will hit the track at Phoenix Raceway on Sunday, November 8th for the season finale 500. The race will be televised live on NBC beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern. The Motor Racing Network, MRN, and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 will carry the live radio broadcast. Over time for our next guest this evening, let's go ahead and listen to another selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew.
Hi, this is Jason Alder from AB Motorsports, and you're listening to the Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Before you start talking about our next guest, let's go ahead and and do a little bit of of self-promotion, shall we? We're currently working on a series for SpeedwayDigest.com called Revved Up with Waldorf, where you get a chance to to find out a little bit more about the motorsports inclination of some of the authors we've profiled, both here on Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, as well as on For Warplum's Fantastic Finds, and in the past on Palm Beach Happening. Uh, the, the series is called, once again, called Revved Up with Waldorf. It's going to be featuring at least 50 authors, is what it looks like right now, and all of them have a little bit different ideas to what, the, what their world of automotive what the automotive world means to them, let's put it that way. Some of them are big race fans. Some of them are even professional racers of, in a sort. Um, so it's kind of cool to hear what their what their idea of uh, of motorsports is, what their car car knowledge is, and tells them tells you a little bit more about their personality. If you want to learn more about that, please check out that series. It's in the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. They're also featured in the featured news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. There are currently four of them that were posted today. I posted another four recently a few weeks ago, so be sure to check those out as well. In addition, be sure to check out the series on For Warplum's Fantastic Finds called Storytime for Grownups. Uh, it, it features uh, five questions, uh, five questions with most of the authors there. Um, so be sure to check that out. Uh, get a little bit more information about the authors, about their books, and about the, the different things that they work on. We've also featured a few of those authors, as I stated, in this program. Uh, a couple of them in the past few weeks, in fact. So be sure to go to blogtalkradio.com slash Speedway Digest Radio and check that out. Dylan Lupton is a 26-year-old rising star on the NASCAR scene. He has raced in the Monster, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and the Gantor Truck Racing Series, sparking interest and eyes remain throughout the industry as a true talent. Known for his quiet demeanor, but talent on track. Lupton is also known for his California-style off-track, bringing a new edge and style to the sport that has yet to be seen. Lupton is also a recent graduate from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, where he received a bachelor a degree in business finance. Raining from Wilton, California, Lupton grew up racing and riding dirt bikes. It was not until he turned 13 years old that he got the chance to test the waters on four wheels, where he raced carts at the Sonoma Raceway karting track. After a short three years in karting and a room full of trophies accumulated, Lupton knew that he wanted to take his racing career to the most competitive series in the world, NASCAR. Lupton started his full-body stock car career at Irwindale Speedway in the S2 class in 2010. After Rocky Lupton finally found his stride and ended up winning the 2010 championship in the division and brought home multiple wins. For the next two years... 2012 and 2013, Lupton raced late models across the country, gaining valuable experience and helped build the stepping stone of a successful racing career. In 2013, Dylan Lupton inked a two-year deal with Sunrise Ford Racing to compete in the NASCAR K&M Pro Series West. After winning races, capturing the Rookie of the Year title and finishing runner-up in the 2014 NASCAR K&N Pro Series List Championship, Lupton was named a member of the NASCAR Next Class for two years. Over the course of the last four years, Lupton has competed in all three National Series, the Gander Outdoor Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Monster Energy Cup Series. Only being part-time, Lupton has had to overcome struggles and make every race count, proving that he belongs as a season regular. 
During the 2017 season, Lupton joined forces with JGL Racing to pilot number 24 Nut Up Industries Camaro, Camry. In their first race scenario together at Richmond International Raceway in April, Lupton rocketed from his 28th place starting position to lead and current time team best of 12. The finish is Lupton's best finish on an oval track. In 2015, Lupton finished ninth on the road course at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course for Athenian Motorsports, giving the team their best finish in Xfinity Series competition. Lupton continued his relationship with JGL Racing during the 2018 Xfinity Series season, but made a return to the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series in 2019 with DGR Crossley. 2019, Lupton impressed. Not only did he lead laps, Secure crucial stage points, but earned a career best finish fifth in the Truck Series race at Kentucky Speedway, while picking up additional top 10 performances at Chicago Land Speedway and Las Vegas Motor Speedway, respectively. For 2020, Lupton will continue to have a presence in one of NASCAR's top three national series while also competing in select late model races throughout the country, particularly in the Spears SRL Southwest Series. As I stated, we are currently standing by for Dylan Lupton to call into the program. He should be calling in in one second, and in fact, there he is. So let's go ahead and welcome Dylan Lupton to the program. Hello, how are you doing this evening? Oh, doing well. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. Thank you very much for coming. First off, how do you make the transition from racing on two wheels to four? Uh, didn't do too much racing on two wheels. Grew up riding, riding, uh, a lot, but uh, yeah, I didn't make the transition to go-karts until I was about 13 years old um, after my dad went up to Sonoma Raceway and took a bunch of clients to do a karting event. Found out, you know, that they have a little arrive-and-drive program, and I went there and raced for a little bit and started racing around go-karts, which uh, led to stock cars and been climbing up the ladder since. I know you've had experience in the in all three of the major NASCAR series. Which one's your favorite? Uh, well, you know, I think the trucks are the most exciting. Um, okay. Just because of the aero package, it creates exciting side-by-side racing where you see trucks getting really loose and everyone's uh, close tight together because of uh, the aero package. Um I've done most of my racing in the Xfinity series, um, and I like by yourself. I kind of like how those things drive a little bit better. Where you know there's a little bit more slipping and sliding. You don't have as much downforce, but um, whatever I could get in and race is always fun for me. What's your favorite track? Uh, favorite track would probably be Dover, which I'd say probably. You know, 75% of us drivers would say is our favorite. It's just a really fun, aggressive track, high speed. Um, it has a lot of characteristics that are different than other tracks out on the circuit. Growing up, who was your racing idol? Uh, let's see. You know, I growing up, I wasn't a, a really around NASCAR racing as much. I didn't start getting really focused and involved in it until I started racing go-karts and that kind of sparked my interest in NASCAR. Uh, back then, you know, Jimmy Johnson was winning all those championships year after year after year. So it's hard not to like him. So I'd have to say 
Uh, Jimmy. Looking back at the chaos about the 2020 season, how do you feel the changes made in the schedule for this year will impact racing in years to come? Uh, It's definitely going to be, I think it's going to be, you know, a great 2021 schedule. Uh, The additional, the additional road courses are going to be exciting. Um, We're going to challenge of the Americas for the first time, which will be uh, really cool. It looks like a great venue. Um, adding some more short tracks and then that dirt race is uh, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. I think it's going to give the schedule a good break where you don't get you know too strung out on these uh, big tracks where the racing could be kind of repetitive. Um, so it, it's going to give the fans a lot of excitement every week where they could tune in and see something different. Well, let me go ahead and throw you out to my, my co-host, Michael Lally Capello. Is there a question for you as well? All right. So how difficult is it to transition from race car driver and driving on the track to driving on the street? Uh, well, when I first started racing cars, it was a little bit difficult. You know, I'd hop in my truck after a weekend of racing and look down and be doing 90 miles an hour on the freeway and have to pull the reins back. But, you know, after doing it for so long, racing for so long, it, it's 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 just second nature. You just get in your truck and you can just cruise home at 45 miles an hour, even after doing 200 miles an hour uh, the night before. So it's not too hard to transition anymore. And how does driving a late model compare to driving a car or a truck in the NASCAR series? Uh, actually, the, the late model, super late. I have a super late model that I race in the SRL series. Honestly, those are some of the most fun races I get to do all year long. Uh, just the, the center of gravity is so much lower. You're, it feels like you're just barely right off the racetrack. Um, you know, you're you're racing shorter, tra- smaller tracks, so uh, the speed isn't there. However, your roll speed through the corners and your G-forces sometimes feel, feel more um, in a super late model. But... Uh, they both have their, um, you know, different characteristics that make them fun. Uh, but I'd much rather, I think, be racing full time on the NASCAR schedule than uh, in my super late model. And my final question for you: um, Some people don't really like it. Some people love it. But what is your take on the stage racing in NASCAR? Uh, I, I think it's good. I, I like it. Um, you know, it's a way to kind of break up the racing a little bit where, you know, I see NASCAR standpoints, you know, uh, for commercials and for fans, it gives them time to kind of get a little break. Um, it adds a little bit of excitement to the racing. I believe, you know, no longer are we kind of racing to that next caution, whenever it might be. Now we're kind of racing to get inside the top 10 and win stages so it adds a little bit of pressure on these drivers to get up on the wheel you know on lap 35 or 40 than it didn't in the past you said you've done a uh, i know you've done a lot of truck racing what's your opinion of the the ilmore engine that they're currently using in the truck series uh so far i like it um you know i've ran a lot of Xfinity races and cup races where the motor package I was, you know, running wasn't 
you know, top notch, and that hurts you, especially when you get to these mile and a half, uh, two mile, two and a half mile tracks. Uh, you can see the difference. Um, so I, I like that the Elmore Motors kind of give a, a fair play, playing field, and you know it's a little bit more cost efficient just from a re, rebuilt uh, side of uh, things. So um, I'm a fan of them. What's your goal for the for the end of the 2020 season? Oh well, shoot, tomorrow we're starting 32nd. So hopefully we run from, you know, the back of the pack all the way upside, uh, inside the top 10, get another good top 10, top five finish tomorrow night. And then just start hunting for sponsors, trying to secure some more races for 2021. And a final question for this evening, what's your ultimate racing goal? Uh, I guess not to dig ditches anymore. Being able to go full time racing and making a career out of it, um, where you know I could be racing till I'm 40 years old. I think that's kind of everyone's everyone's goal. You know, it's 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 a tough tough sport that takes you know a tremendous amount of financial backing. But um, you know, I still I still dream about it every night. Actually, I have one more question for you. If my if my audience is interested in more information about about you and your your team and, and possibly even giving you a sponsorship opportunity for next season. How would they go about contacting you the best way? Yeah, you could uh contact uh me through my website at DylanLuptonRacing.com. Uh and you could contact Chris Knight. Um there's multiple uh sources throughout my website that uh his email uh just reach out to us and yeah you know, we'd love to talk to any partners that are interested. Once again, we'd like to thank you very much for coming on the program this evening. It's, a, it's great talking to you, and we, we think you'll have a pretty good career, and hopefully you have a great race this weekend and a good season next year as well. All righty. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. Thank you very much. Once again, that was Dylan Lupton, who's who's currently looking for his sponsorship opportunities, and he's got his last race here this weekend, and he's looking for, for a good deal for next year. As he stated, go to DylanLuptonRacing.com. Be sure to reach out to him. He has a a lot of talent, a lot of energy. He's really a good guy. He needs some support, so be sure to give it to him. Let's go ahead and take a short musical break here with Ron Bethon and Bit Crew before we begin to the last part of the show. Let's see what we're doing here. This is Race Day Rock.
Hi, this is Shay Holbrook from Larson Motorsports, Jet Dragster Driver in the IHRA Nitro Jam Drag Racing Series, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on Speedway Digest Radio Network. Since 2018, the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge has included the highly competitive touring car class, TCR. Since the eight four and five door race cars from world-class manufacturers powered through turbocharged engines up to two liters. TCR race cars are promulgated by the World Sports Sporting Consulting, WSC, which oversees TCR competition globally and grants the International Motorsport Association, IMSA, the North American rights to TCR beginning in 2018. As part of the agreement, WSC has been solely responsible for establishing the balance of performance for TCR race cars everywhere in the world. Beginning in 2021, WSC and IMSA will work together to jointly develop a specific BOP for endurance TCR races. Michelin Pilot Challenge races range in length from two to four hours. The 2021 IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge kicks off with the four-hour BMW Endurance Challenge on Friday, January 29th as part of the Rolex 24 at Daytona event weekend. Next up for the series is Saturday's two-hour WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca 120 on the legendary 2.238-mile road course in Monterey, California. Unfortunately, I will not be able to attend the the Rolex 24 Daytona next year, as I'm still hoping, fingers crossed, knocking on wood and everything else, I'm going to be getting a cruise on Saturday the the 30th. So that's kind of the same weekend as Daytona. As I stayed here before, all things here in Florida seem to happen at much the same time. But that's okay. Uh, so we're going to be heading out on the 30th of January, and we'll be watching the, the 24-hour race on Cape Delay with some other people, of course. Uh, we do have a great number of races we're going to be heading to next season, but I'll go ahead and talk about those in a few moments. NASCAR recently announced the 2021 schedule for the NASCAR Xfinity Series, which will mirror many of the historic changes in the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series schedule that was announced in September. The Xfinity Series will join the Cup Series for 32 of its 33 weekends, including running for the first time at the Circuit of the Americas on May 22nd, and for the first time since 2011 at Nashville Super Speedway on June 19th. The Series will return to Mid-Ohio on June 5th for the only event at a venue apart from Cup Series. The Xfinity Series will make its lone Sunday appearance in Pocono on June 27th as part of an action-packed NASCAR Cup Series doubleheader weekend in Long Pond, Pennsylvania. After a pair of off weekends in late July, the series returns to action for back-to-back road course racing in Watkins Glen August 7th and on the Indianapolis Road Course August 14th. Those events will kick off 14 consecutive weekends of racing, including seven straight playoff races, culminating with the crowning of an Xfinity Series champion in Phoenix November 6th. Bristol Motor Speedway will again host the regular season finale September 17th, while Las Vegas Motor Speedway will open the playoffs September 25th. The Charlotte Roval October 9th and Martinsville Speedway October 30th will once again serve as the cutoff races, trimming the playoff field to 8th and 4th, respectively. Broadcast times and networks will be announced at a later date, as will the 2021 schedule for the NASCAR Camp Road Truck Series. As we discussed with Dylan Lupton, there are a bunch of changes happening next season. All of them are interesting, and they'll all be a little bit different. Some of them are actually going to go out, going to continue with the one-day events we've found to be familiar in the COVID-19 world we're currently living in here in 2020. Others will be a little bit different. They'll return to the three-day type things. Um, so it'll be, it'll be something to see how that goes. I know there's a there's still a lot up in the air. Some of these dates will undoubtedly will undoubtedly be affected by by the events on the ground. Hopefully, the schedule stays pretty much the same. 
but it's hard to tell. Um, our current political environment will also have an effect on that. I know that there's been some, some discussion of people in the, uh, in the Biden administration that things might change. Uh, the Trump administration, you never know what's going to happen with them. Um, the, uh, so it'll be something to see what happens next season. I have high hopes that things will return to a little bit more sense of normalcy in terms of the schedules for motorsports, but you never can tell. Um, as I stated, I'm planning on heading to a bunch of races next season as of right now anyway. Um, I'm actually even considering going to a race in a few weeks, but it really depends on the on the situation on the ground, the weather forecast, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they do have a, a FARA race that's the, uh, the Formula and Racing Association there that runs primarily at the Homestead Miami Speedway. That will be where the race is in, I believe, next weekend. So that'll be kind of cool to see that. It is great that they're opening that stuff up to fans again. They did have a few races in the past few months where they didn't allow fans in the grandstands or even at the facility at all. So hopefully it'll be something. Um, the weather should be nice. Should be. Um, the, uh, the different uh, protocols that are related to COVID-19 are there, but it does seem that you'll be allowed to wander around at least in the infield. I'm not certain if you'll be allowed to get up close to the cars in the paddock area. Uh, you need to check on the FARA website as well as on Facebook for that information, and I'll see if I can find it. And if I can't, I'll go ahead and post it to the, the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder Facebook page. Um, so. We'll look, in, look into that. Uh, the races that we're going to head to next season, as of right now, and this is a big as of right now, are the uh, the race there at Homestead, the Trans Am race. That'll be held in February. That's I believe it's the end of February. It might be the 27th, but don't quote me on that. You can look that up, again, at the, on the schedule for Trans Am. That's at gotransam.com. Also, go Trans Am on Twitter. Uh, we've got information about their 2021 schedule. I did already post on speedwaydigest.com. So we'll be heading down for that race, hopefully. Um, that will be a really interesting race because they've got the Trans Am Series as well as, the, I believe, the Formula 3 Series will be there. And there's all sorts of racing that weekend. The SVRA, the, the Sports Car Vintage Racing Association, will also be competing there that week. Um, in March, which is, I believe, the next week after that race, we're going to be heading up to uh, up to Gainesville for the, the Gator Nationals. We're also going to be heading to St. Petersburg, hopefully, for the IndyCar race there in St. Petersburg. Uh, that is right now, that's pretty high up in here. Um, so that's a, a definite maybe, I suppose you'd say, for that one. We will probably be heading to the, the race in the NHRA event, the Gator Nationals, just because that's a cool event to head to. And they've got a lot of interesting stuff there. It'll be cool to see if, if John Force does return to the series early next season or if something else comes up and he decides to skip out on the first few races or what the deal with that is. Uh, we're kind of interested in finding that out ourselves, so we're going to probably be heading to that event. Um, and there's also a few other events in, in March. Uh, Sebring, of course, takes place in March of next year. We do have tickets already for that event, so we're going to be heading there to Sebring for the uh, for the 12-hour race. Hopefully, the FIA WEC, the World Endurance Championship, will also be there next year. Uh, again, that's a big hopefully, but it is on their schedule, and although that schedule is it's a little more in flux than most of the schedules in the United States. It is on that schedule, so we're hoping that they, they come for that. Uh, there might be a few different drivers and that sort of thing. So that'll be kind of cool to see that. Also hoping that the uh, that we get the invite again to the BMW hospitality section, because that would have been totally cool to see that this year. Um, BMW has a, a large involvement in international motorsports, as well as domestic motorsports, as all you know. 
And so that'll be neat to look into that and see how that goes. Um, and if we don't get the invite to go to the, the hospitality section, it'll still be cool to go to that race. Uh, as of right now, those are the only races we currently have on the schedule. Uh, we had there in February and March, as well as possibly the race here in November. That'll be kind of cool to see all that stuff. Um, in New Smyrna Beach. Um, I didn't look into that too much, but going to the World of World of races a couple of years ago was pretty awesome. Um, so we might try to see if we get into there. Um, so the Outlaw Race, of course, at the Volusia Speedway and some late events out there too. So we might try and hit a few of those. It really depends on the schedule, on money, on budgeting, on on the virus, and on a bunch of different issues as well. So what's on your 2021 racing horizon? Um, I would like to catch a World of Outlaw race that you just said, and I know they do those um, probably like, I think the closest track for World of Outlaws is like three hours away, but I think that's in like September, so I would like to attend that, and then probably just the normal races, but yeah, we've got a new track that's going to be reopening in one of the cities around here, so that would be one to go and check out as well. But other than that, nothing too spectacular. You know, there's no uh, no return to the driver's seat view on the immediate horizon. No, I I don't know. We've just kind of got mm, the we need the motivation. Like the thought is there. Like. If I could do it just by myself and I didn't need my dad and my husband and all of them, then I would have started raising a long time ago again, but kind of a team effort. And unfortunately, it takes a lot to motivate those meanies. <laughs> I hope you figure something out. I think there's, there's always an opportunity out there, and it seems like the uh, every so often there's there's certain doors that open, so you never know. You might figure something out. True. True. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network, which there currently aren't any, by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash speedwaydigestradio. Now, but, uh, that will give you past episodes of this show, as well as the, uh, the Pit Stop with, with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson. And there's a couple other shows on that that channel as well. You can check those out. I'm, as I said before, I know that the Pit Stop is working on a new format for next year. I don't think they're going to be returning this year. I think we'll be. I think our format might be changing a little bit next season as well. Um, I know that the we'll probably won't be on Blog Talk Radio, but we will be on a different a different uh, website, and I will give you that information as soon as I have it. Um, that's totally up in the air right now, but there will be some changes in 2021. There'll be great changes, and we'll, we'll hopefully have a, a little bit more reliable streaming service because Blog Talk Radio sometimes has its ups and downs. And that's fine. We've dealt with it. It's all, it's all worked out pretty well so far. So uh, hopefully next season is better. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest There's Night Thunder in the search bar. As I say, and I'm going to be posting a little bit more information on the about different series on the Speedway Digest. There's information about uh, 
about the Ferris series as well as some other other things going on. So be sure to check that out. I also invite you to check to read all the articles covering all aspects of Marvel Sports at SpeedwayDigest.com. As I stated, I did do some some new articles on the racing news section, including stuff about revved up with Waldorf, which features uh, information about the the automotive exploits of some of the authors for Waldorf Publishing, who we've had the privilege of talking to here on this program. So be sure to check that out. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at at my website, Favorplum's Fantastic Finds, uh, which we found by visiting favorplumsfantasticfinds.wordpress.com. You can also look that up on, on Twitter at Favorplums or at PB Happening, because this, this uh, site is a an offshoot, if you will, of Palm Beach Happening, which unfortunately we were we lost uh, about a year ago now. So be sure to check that out. Some new information on there. I also have, have some great stuff that I posted on Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter about uh, recent exploits we took at the. Uh, and a Mexican restaurant, a new Mexican restaurant, Avocado Cantina, which we'll be posting a little bit of information about. I'm still waiting for a, a release from their press people, but we'll be posting a little bit more information probably in, maybe even tomorrow about that, uh, our experience there at Avocado Cantina. So be sure to check that out at Problems Fantastic Finds. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Thanks again, and have a great week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.